In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, we are talking about the evolution of a relationship. I think that's just really fancy terminology for, here we are, we had a freaking fight, and it was stupid. And I don't really, I feel like Forrest Gump, but I don't know what else to say about that. We're going to expose ourselves, not nudity, get your mind out of the gutter. You wish. I want. <laughs> the podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the Q Diggity Dog, in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey, say what's up, mother... You don't want me to I say don't, that. I don't, but it was it was funny to yeah. say. But now go, you're going to put an E on there because yeah. you know it's going to happen. Yeah. It's your fault. Go mm -hmm. ahead and say hello however you want to say it. Uh, what's up, guys? What's up, guys? So today you we're going to really talk... you want me to say it? No, don't uh -huh. say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm sorry. Um... Today we're going to talk about a situation that we had very, very recently, um, and it affected our relationship, it affected our communication, it affected our interaction, it affected our sex life, and... It was stupid. <laughs> the fight wasn't stupid, it's the way it went down. Yeah, it's... There's a lot of things about it that were just dumb we and forgot our own rules no i i don't think we forgot them i think we chose we can get into it but i think we chose not to go by them yeah that's fair i mean you tell your side i'll tell my side fortunately it was resolved you know or a lot of it has been resolved and we're gonna learn something and we're gonna figure out a way forward which is what is important um but just looking at it uh, before we get into it, I just want to make sure that you know the email address. It is Jeannie, J-E-A-N-N-E, -N -N -E, at MVSMpodcast.com. And that's, man, that was great timing. <laughs> MVSM, like man versus marriage, okay? And then there's Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com, Q-U-I-N-C-Y. Send your emails with whatever you got, what's on your heart, what do you need advice about, um, what's going well? Let's not always make these emails, even though I don't want to deter you from sending them, it's not always about what's going wrong. What about what is going right? So let's hear some of that from you. Because authentically, from California to Poland to Russia to Africa to South America to the UK to Scotland to Ireland to Canada to Mexico, and all points in between, there's a community of us being built here in the man versus marriage nation, okay? There's a group of us that are being built, and y'all are listening from all over the world. So what is it? What are the wins that we can take and we can share with this collection of people, of well over 8,000 individuals at this time? Um... What can we do? How can we take what you're doing that's winning, your success stories, your failures, like you'll hear ours today, how can we take those and benefit the group of men and women that are listening to the podcast? That's about paying it forward. I told you already, we have proven this. 
that we will keep you anonymous. You'll be a Jack or a Jill unless you want your name out there, and we will do that as well. But you have my word, we'll keep you anonymous. That's it. So here's what it is. As you know by now, the Moran family, the Morans are moving to Texas. Watch out. Here we come. <laughs> and I've always, since early on in our marriage, uh, at first, Jeannie was the one who took care of the finances. I think because that's what happened in your house. Mom took care of the money. Okay. So I was like, that's fine. You know, I'm going to put my trust in you. You're going to take care of the money. I'm going to go earn it. You're going to spend it. Okay, la-di-da. Didn't really, I mean, early on in our relationship, we didn't have kids. We were our responsibility. So it was like, okay, do that. As things progressed, the money obviously got more complicated. And I didn't, I never, I didn't circle back around to say, hey, maybe we should do this together. It was kind of a point of, you know, SOS, things are terrible. Now we need to do this together. I don't know exactly what happened. I just know that there were times over the course of our relationship where there were issues with money. You didn't want to talk to me about it. And then it just came as like really bad news. You have your own say though. You you say if, if something's wrong oh, no, here. All right. Okay. So, you know, I uh, worked with finances at my job and, you know, profit and loss and all those other things. So I kind of started taking that approach and, um, you know, just like you, if you need to save me, you know, it never, it's never the right time for your kid's shoes to take a crap. <laughs> it's never the right time for you to have a medical emergency and you got to be able to pay for it. It's never the right time for your autistic kid to take ingredients out of the cabinet while you're sleeping peacefully, dump them all over the stove and you have to buy new groceries. <laughs> It's never the perfect time for all those things. Oh, memory lane. And, um, you know, what would happen is we would we would be spending money, budgeting money, and Jeannie and I just see money from different worlds. I'm the kind of guy that I don't want debt. I don't want to pay somebody else interest. I want to have the money on hand if these emergencies come up. But then when the emergencies come up and the money is on hand, then I get all tweaked out because we have to spend the money. We're we not going to have the money saved right. anymore. And what if another emergency comes up and then you're going to be screwed because you don't have any more money in the emergency stash. And then we're going to have to use a credit card. We're going to owe somebody money. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Uh -huh. And then Jeannie is just kind of, oh, you need this? You want this? Do it. Just go get it. Go long, get it. As long as it's not killing us and it's not where, you know, oh my God, you went and spent 10 grand on something and we didn't talk about it. I don't, I, I just don't get that crazy but well it's it accumulates over time i understand i'm not negating what you're saying i'm saying i look at it a little different because it's like you know the kids want to have a pizza night we know pizza for the moran household is not a typical you know 40 dollars. let's have pizza and dinner for a four-person family this is like 150 bucks because some can have pizza some have to have gluten-free some have wings it's a different scenario for all of our various diet issues. But when we want to have a pizza night, we want to have a pizza night. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And that doesn't always go over so great because I'll use a credit card and then we'll look at it and we'll figure it out. Well, us figuring it out usually means that Quincy's over here tweaking because figuring it out just means we're taking it from the savings account, which is the safety stash that he does not want to touch because we need that money in case we need that money. 
I needed that money for pizza. Well, <laughs> the really hard part is, since we're talking about it, the really hard part is when you make provision for pizza or extras, etc., and not only do those extra provisions get spent, then there's more provisions that get spent yeah, that, that I too. have to clean up. And I'm I'm on one side of it where I'm I'm the bad guy because I'm chewing you out about money you're spending. It's just as much your money as it is my money, uh, but we've agreed on a budget. And then when the crap really hits the fan and there's an emergency and the money is there, it's like, see, I told you this is why I do this and this is why we need we need to, you know, have the finances in place. The well, we downside, to- though, is if there is an emergency and we use this, the savings, after the emergency is done, everything's paid off and, you know, you've got your I told you so moment, you now become this anal retentive person that has to replenish that savings account like immediately you yes. have to get this done yes because it eats you and it's frustrating because like it was there when we needed it we spent it i know we have to put it back but we don't have to put back every penny right now and i don't know where that that comes from i think it comes from our upbringing because it's just very very different you know, my parents both had stash cash, their own stash cash for various reasons. I, we don't really have that. We we do once in a while. Like we're all, we used to have an allowance. We don't have that right now because the allowance went towards things that we wanted it to go towards. Um, mine's going towards book stuff so that I can get the books finished. And it was, I can either have my own personal money each month or I could invest in this which one did I want? I wanted the investment. So I gave up my stash cash. Um, but this, this particular incident, we're saving for the trip. We've been doing really well. I've been budgeting, you know, pretty, pretty close to on point for a little while. And this last month just got away from me. It was like Quincy was gone three to five days a week. We three to five. You're extending this thing. I'm no. not gone three to five days a week. You had a week before we left for Texas, you were gone Monday through Friday for training. Yeah. The, the week after, you were gone for three days, you were home for the weekend, you were gone Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we flew out. So yeah, you were gone three to five days a week for two weeks straight. We got back after Mother's Day, you were gone again for like two days. The next week, you were home, I think, almost the whole week. and then turned around. the entire week. You turned around and you were gone for three days again. The, the point is, while he was gone, the kids and I were like, hey, let's go have a dessert night or let's go, we, you know, we run out a few things. Hunter and Kirsten had helped us run out of a few things. Um, and for me, it's just like, okay, I'll just run by the store and get stuff. I don't think about it. It's just, okay, we need to replace it. I go replace it. But there were also a couple of areas where I was getting stuff for moving and for packing. The problem is when we originally started this, I'm supposed to be tracking what's moving, what's packing, what's grocery, because we have allotted, for lack of a better word, think of it as, as individual envelopes. These envelopes are for specific things, and we need to know how much money of each envelope is being spent. That's the best way to put it without actually seeing what we're doing on paper. And I wasn't doing that. I wasn't keeping track. Life was moving at rapid speed. We had a lot going on, so I wasn't tracking it. And when we sat down to do our money, it was like, oh, crap. 
I don't even know where this money went. I know I'm the one that spent it. I mean, I can tell you what store it was spent in, but I don't remember exactly what I was spending it on. And I have no, I mean, there's no water there. I, I have no way to tell you exactly what I did. And Quincy's head was about to explode because what do you mean you don't know? How do you not know where you're spending this money? And how did you get this far over the budget without knowing where you were spending the money to rein it back in? Now, I do know something about myself, which I kind of recently learned, and I don't know how, I don't know what it means or how to fix it per se, but I do know that when we go and we spend money and I'm buying things for the kids or I'm doing something for like a party or a pizza night or whatever, it's like an endorphin release for me. I get excited. I feel good doing those things. The problem is I need to find a way to curb that and make it balance out with the spending situation because I'll get excited and I just won't pay attention to what's actually being spent. I'll just buy stuff and put it in the basket. So it's a lot of it is on me. I mean, I spent the money. I know I spent the money. That's all on me. Um, we didn't communicate about it. I, I don't remember how I spent it or why I spent it. And Quincy was pissed. Yeah. I was disappointed and pissed. And especially being this close to the finish line, this is not the time to waver. This is the time to follow through. And the reason that I get crazy about it is because for years, you know, you you kind of work this crap out as you think through it. But for years when we had no money and no food, I took it as, which you already know, like you're standing here blaming me for this because I'm the one earning the money. And... God forbid we have to go without, like, something real. We have to go without or we can't do it um, because then who's going to be left holding the bag? It's going to be me because I'm the one earning the money. And I don't I don't want to get in a position like we were before. I mean, I don't want to even expose you to say how much money it's been, like how many times I've had to get creative to ensure that we can somehow get back to zero and not pay 24 or 26% interest on credit cards because all that's that 26% interest is taking money from our family. It's you don't have the money. You don't. And when you're paying 2 or 3 or 400 dollars a month interest, that's money that could be getting kids clothes and pizza and shoes. And then you're not, you're not obligated to pay it every month. So when I'm looking at it, I'm going, I'm saying this to myself, if we have a need and we can't do it, it's going to be on me. So that's why I continue to try to get creative to outdo you. As terrible as that sounds, I try to out, I try to make the money stretch farther than your habits. And I hate saying that, but it is what I do because I have to make sure I feel obligated to make sure that one of us is going to protect the family financially. So when we're in need, we have the money that we need. And I'm not talking, you know, doing without name brand this or that. I'm just talking about the basic necessities so that our family is taken care of. And you know, I think it's, I think I've been able to show my ability to do that 
over the last four or five years. But man, if you're if you're on this side of the table and it just continues to happen, it kind of it kind of rocks your trust in your spouse to say, why can't I trust you with this? Because we we talk about trust all the time. We talk about having trust, like ultimate trust in each other. And we agree to a budget. And now I can't trust you. And that bothers me. Worse than the money that's spent, I can't trust you to hold your word to me for our finances. And it hasn't just like happened once or twice. It's happened multiple times. And every time I get mad about it, I hate myself because I'm mad about it. I mean, just earnestly. I hate being upset with you. It's one of my pet peeves in this whole world. I cannot stand being upset with you. It just bothers me. So here we are. And, you know, seemingly, I'm sure you had remorse to some degree about it. But the way it kind of came across to me was... Well, here it is, and I don't, I can't tell you where the money was. And then I added it up, and I was like, what in the holy hell is this? Because there's there's like allocated money for moving, for the moving truck, um, for gas to get to Texas, um, for furniture when we get there, because we're selling all of our crap away. Um, for internet, you know, there's, I'm making provisions because with my travel, that's one thing less that you need to worry about is knowing as long as I play within these lines, the family is going to be provided for. And then I have to go out and, and make more money because now we're taking all of our savings, all of the savings that we've built and it's going to be depleted because we're making the move. And now I've got to figure out a way to make that money back and we'll be making less money in Texas. So I had told myself at the beginning of that, she probably went over a little bit, whatever it is, don't take it personal. Don't get pissed. Just deal with it. Move on because you have X amount every month that you're saving to put towards the future for Texas. And then when the price tag rang up, and it, I didn't feel like there was any remorse on your side. Like, honey, I'm sorry. It was more like, well, there it is. Deal with it. And I'm like, yeah, I just saw red. I was pissed. I was really, really mad. And I have, you know, a bad habit of being such an in-the-moment type person that I don't. I'm I'm the guy who says when you have issues in your relationship, compartmentalize it and don't allow it to define your entire relationship. Well, I'm also a very in the moment kind of guy. And then I can just I can just start thinking, great, A, B, C, or great this or great that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tend to uh I tend to just sometimes take it too far, but in this instance it's not like the first or second or third time. And it was just like... Anyway, that's our dirty laundry there. But what happened after that is the worst part. Because I was so angry. 
and that this is what Jeannie's talking about, you know, and her, her build up to this. I was so angry is I just let her know. I said, I've got, I've got a lot of things I want to say to you, but I'm too upset to say them right now, but I will have my say. <laughs> I'm an emotional guy. Okay. You probably know that already, but I am. And it's like, I can't say what I want to say right now. Cause I'm mad. And if I say what I want to say right now, um, you know, an old pastor of ours really said it well. It's like pushing toothpaste out of the tube and then trying to put it back. You just can't do it. So I like to, I want to give myself some time to burn off all that extra fuel to see if it's really how I feel or I'm just mad. Because I do have a temper. I mean, I do. I've I've worked a lot over the years to not be so emotional. But that one got me. It did. And... I apologized for it in a sense already, but I am sorry I got that upset. Um, but it's when I came upstairs that I just needed a few minutes. I just needed a few minutes to be away from everything in the world, sit in my chair and cool off because I needed to get rational again and think. Now, just so that you know this, which I feel confident you would know this, there was nothing that was going to be nothing like... I'm leaving you or, you know, there was nothing in that avenue that was going to be said that had anything to do with making our relationship any different than it is. Nothing. It was centrally focused around, I can't trust you right now in this area, and it really bothers me. And I want to know how we can get back to me being able to trust you. We've just gone through a lot of issues when it comes to trust and saying and honesty, etc. And, you know, moving somebody out of our house because the violation of trust over and over again. So I needed to sit down and cool off. Typically, you're in the bathtub. I'm going to do everything I can to get there to see you naked because I love to see you naked. But at this time, it was like, okay, pajamas, sit in the chair, cool off. I know you're going to be in the bath for at least 20 or 30 minutes. This will give us both some time to cool off from whatever the situation was. And cool off? I don't know if I cooled off or what, but I know I went to sleep and I did not say goodnight. And that is a non-negotiable. So the day came and gone. um, And then I ended up, something ended up coming up with work. Something happened with um, Hunter and I that was really a challenge. And so it's like, I can't, I had to change some appointments at work and I stayed in town an extra night. Part of what we, Jeannie and I were, were doing is, you know, we had plans to do stuff, but also when I'm going out of town, we like to make sure that we connect sexually because we're going to be a few days without each other. Well, obviously night one, when the money situation came up, that's gone by the wayside. I apologized the next day for like, you know, going to sleep and not saying goodnight because it wasn't my intention to say, F you, I'm not talking to you. Um, But I don't even know what happened that night. But at the end of the night, I had said that day, you know, one of our terminologies that says, I I need this connection with you. Didn't say words specifically, um, but I put it out there. And then that didn't happen. And I was like, what? There's not even a, there's no no discussion about this either. It's like, normally it's like, hey, I need a rain check. 
There was no talk about that. I could have brought it up. I didn't bring it up, but there's no talk about it. So then, you know, fast forward, we're trying a new technique with Hunter, which is I'm not telling him I'm leaving. We're just going to make it fun for him to call me when I'm gone. Because if you tell Hunter you're, you know, I'm leaving tomorrow, all the guy thinks about now is daddy's leaving, daddy's leaving, and he just starts acting out. So this was like test run number one of, okay, I'll see you later. I love you. And then call me. We talk in the room, et cetera. And so, you know, Jeannie and I were talking on the phone on FaceTime with Hunter. And as far as I remember, you know, we talked about this this particular situation came up. And she came at me with something in the in the way of, well, you went to bed without t- saying goodnight to me. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, you're right. I, I did, but did you say goodnight to me? <laughs> did you come and wake me up and say goodnight because I was there sleeping? No, you said you had things to say, but you couldn't say anything to me right now. You were too upset, and then you went to sleep. If you tell me you can't talk to me right now, I am not going to come at you to talk to you. You're asking me for space. So I gave you space, which was stupid because then I laid there and let my head spin on all these different things that you might be thinking or you might want to say, and it just made it worse. And then the second day, it was, you know, you thought I was upset because I had to go to the dentist because I have a lot of anxiety when it comes to the dentist. But no, that's... That's not the issue at all. I was upset because of the night before. So then all this came back out and he thought I was punishing him because he wasn't talking to me and he didn't give me a kiss goodnight. And so I wasn't giving him sex because he didn't talk to me and he didn't give me a kiss goodnight. It's like, that's not even how it happened. We just, it, it, we hadn't resolved that issue. And I cannot connect sexually if we have something unresolved. I can't. I can't get it out of my head because then it's, we're just going through the motions and that we agreed we don't do that. Yeah. But then we didn't talk about it. So neither one of us knew that this is what the other one was thinking. We both screwed each other because we forgot the rules of engagement. I, and I don't think we forgot them. I think we just didn't invoke them when it gets to a certain point. Because when it gets to a certain point, now you're making a decision. You're making yeah, a choice. That's fair. Mine was slightly unconscious because I fell asleep. Did I still do it? Yes. Did I walk by and give you a kiss at the tub like I normally do? No, I did not. But it's either non-negotiable or it's not. And I fell asleep. You went to bed without saying goodnight, too. We were both guilty of it. Mm -hmm. But then I did apologize for it. And although that did, I mean, that didn't resolve it, but... I did put my side out there to say going I didn't mean to fall asleep. Either way it was wrong. I'm sorry for that. But where did that apology even register? Because it's like the next night, even if it's like, dude, this is unresolved and I can't have sex right now. Cause I'm 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 the same way. I'm a guy, of course. I'm dropped the hat, I'm I want sex, I'm ready. But still I can't really do it. I can't really get all in, if you will, for lack of better terminology, if there's something that's unresolved between us. So I understand what you're saying because it's like it takes me out of the mood. So mm-hmm. I get it. Um, but when it comes to it, I put out the white flag 
and said, I'm sorry for doing this. But so where did we go wrong from there? Because that was my attempt at beginning the resolution. You apologized, but we never discussed it. Yeah. So you left me sitting with, I have things to say, but I can't say them to you right now. And then they never got said. So I'm in my head with all these thoughts and it never got resolved. There was an apology, which, okay, I, I appreciate the apology for not saying goodnight, but we didn't resolve the issue. And it's just kind of like, how do we, how do we do this without resolving the issue? There's not going to be a connection there. It's just going to be physical. Well, I'm wondering why we didn't resolve the issue. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I came back in, I sat in the chair, you went to the bed. I don't know if you were like reading a book or whatever, but both of us sat silent and didn't bring it up. Why? Why don't why didn't we bring it up? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. So, I don't have an answer for that either. Because we chose not to is the most is like the most simplistic way to put it. We chose not to. And so we didn't even take our own advice to get it out there on the table. And if I mean, your mind was your mind still running on day 2 for all the things that I could have said? Or did it go from... A little from, bit. A little bit. I'd be curious to know what went through your mind. Not that you want to share that on the microphone. I honestly couldn't tell you at this point because there's been so many things in between that it's not something that I really honed in on. I did for that day. Like, even even during the day, though, I was busy with other stuff, so I just kind of pushed it off. Unless you and I talked or something came up that kind of brought back the conversation, then my mind would go again and then I would shove it down and go back to what I was doing because I just, I've had to compartmentalize a lot of things lately yeah. to get through what we're going through. So I, I really don't even know. I know I was worried because when we first talked about Texas, that was one of the things that you and I had discussed as, as a concern. You had a concern that, you know, if we move out there and we're losing this income and we start having money issues, is this going to break us? Yeah. Because we've been there before. Yeah. And um, that was a, a huge concern for you is we're, we're losing an entire income yeah. to go. And, you know, if we blow this, which in essence means if I blow this, what are we going to do? Because there's no way to fix it. There's no safety net. Our All of our savings is going to the move. So it was just, you know... Are we going to get out there and break? I don't know. Yeah. I really don't. I'm struggling with the fact that I won't have an income coming in. I do not like relying on you to be the only income. I hate it because it feels like I'm not contributing. Now, granted, I know that my doing things for the kids and taking care of the house and, and feeding everybody and all these things, those are contributions. But for me... Because we have the issues that we have financially, if I'm not contributing financially, I'm just fucking it up. And I don't like that feeling because I'm not putting anything into it. It's like I'm screwing things up and I'm messing up your money. I know that's not how you see it, but that's yeah, kind of where it goes. I could understand that. I don't I don't see it as I'm just not that's not me to say I'm out working. What you do affords me the opportunity to go out and work 
It I does, could. but what I do also spend your income and messes things up so that you can't go out and do what you need to do because now you got to work twice as much to replenish the money. See? It, irregardless, I don't look at this as this is my money. When I get a bonus, the tax return, we are us. But there is a huge difference when I feel like I'm adding to that money. I'm putting I'm putting in something. So when I want to spend money, I don't feel guilty about it because I put into that. I did something for that. So if I want to buy hockey tickets, yeah, it's a little expensive, but I earned that. I put that in there. I should be able to spend some of it. I'm not putting anything in there right now. That's frustrating. That's really frustrating. Yeah, and I if can, I want I to tell. do something... It's like, now I have to ask permission because it's not mine. That's, it's a real big mind screw, let me tell you. Well, that, and and this is harsh to say, that's not my mindset. That's that's coming from your mindset. Mm -hmm. It's not mine. Um, whether you're actively putting money in or not, and I can appreciate where you're coming from, uh, to say, you know, that, you want to be a contributor, I deeply appreciate any and all money that you can contribute to our family finances. Um, but it's not, it's not a situation where it's like going to be forever. You know, it's, it's just for now. No, you, but it's going backwards for me. It's going back to what we were. That's, that's a hard spot. It's going back to what we were in what sense. I had income. Okay. Well, I can only tell you, and I'm not trying to convince you, but if it wasn't for what you do, I couldn't go do what I do. So every dollar I make, every dollar per hour I make is a dollar that you are making with me. It's simply, I'm just going out and actually doing the activity, mm -hmm. but it is money that we are earning together. I couldn't do it without you. It's just not even possible. I couldn't do it. But I respect the fact that you want to be a contributor. Do I agree with I made I'm I'm contributing so I should be able to spend whatever I want? No. I don't necessarily agree with that in particular cuz what's the point of putting a budget together if you're not going to respect the budget. And that's not to say that, that's not to say that, uh, you know, I don't go over budget on things as well. It's just, I'm dedicated to the budget, so to speak, because when it comes time, I don't want there to be any stress on the fun things we want to do. And that part does stress me out to put it on a credit card or to go in debt. And do I want you to be able to spend whatever it is you want to spend so that we can go have a good time? Yes. But I want us to be able to agree that the, there is a purpose for the budget because we have bigger plans than where we are right now. The us in five years from now is like counting on us to live by this budget as much as we can so that we can make the transaction that we're looking forward to making in five years. We didn't really know this, but the us four years ago needed us 
to come through with the finances that we're using now to move to Texas. And that's the way that I look at it. It's like the future us is counting on us to do this. So that's why I'm going to do it. I still, as I, because you did hand the budget making over to me, I still put all kinds of money into whether it was hockey tickets or personal cash for us both, because we deserve to <laughs> take some freaking money and spend it since we're, you know, putting so much work into the family. But I, I made all kinds of allocations for us to be able to do it. But it didn't seem like any of those allocations were good enough because it was just continually over, 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 over. So, um, it's not a forever thing that you're not going to contribute financially because when we get things going out there, I, it's probably hard to see right now and you might not want to talk about it, but eventually you will be a published author and you'll be doing something you love and it will contribute to the family. Whether it contributes a buck or 10,000 bucks to the family, that part doesn't matter to me as much as you following through on that and being able to take a sense of pride in, I did that. Um, so with that being said, we were talking that night in the hotel and it's been, I can't tell you, it's probably, it's probably been three or four years, I would say, um, since we've had the situation where it's like me, either Jeannie or I saying, Hey, sex tonight. I want it. I need it. Let's get together. And then us not like one of us not mentioning it if it doesn't happen, just having the courtesy to say, hey, I, I can't do it tonight for X, Y, and Z. Can I take a rain check? And so now I'm I'm coupling things together. I got plenty of time to drive and think on my own too. Um, so I'm, I'm like money violation, you know, I say money violation. I feel like Judge Dredd. You know, the, the budget situation is close as we are, and now we're not communicating. And now... You know, we're talking about having sex and there's no acknowledgement. There's no consideration there. And it was strangely similar to a place in our life where we were a few years ago before we learned these things and did it. You know, and I'm sitting there just thinking through it after you make your comment to me. And I'm like, oh, dude, what is this really? Is it a one-off or... Is it what we've become because of our situation? And so that, you know, is what I was telling you. That's where, that's what I'm trying to consider. Is it, am I just making a mountain out of a molehill? Or are we having this kind of frustration in our marriage right now? And because we're so freaking busy doing what we're doing, we're not seeing what the tidal wave that could come and the habits we could fall back into because as I, there could be a few weeks here where I'm in California and you're in Texas. And for me, it's like, it's one of those stop everything moments to say, hey, review this. Is this a one-off situation? Think about it. Um, are there other things that you need to look at? Or, you know, are you overblowing it? And that was kind of what I had meant when I was telling you that I have some things to think about. And fortunately, you know, 
it sucked because we weren't together to talk about it. We were on FaceTime because um, I was at the hotel in Northern California. But eventually the talk came out and then we started to like work through this and discuss it. And then we look at the reason I even bring it up, the evolution of a relation, our relationship is because I probably 10 years ago, we wouldn't have even taken time to discuss this because so many other things were happening. So now it's like, are we at the point in our relationship? Is this a one-off situation or are we allowing life to kick our butt and we're not communicating like we should? And when we're apart, could it get a whole lot worse? What do you say? I think it's a one-off. I don't, I don't see this as a pattern because we've done really well the last few months. I think this was just one of those times where things just got ahead of me and I wasn't paying attention and I just let it go. No, I'm not even just, and I'm, then it's not the money specifically. I, I understand. I'm, okay, okay. I understand. But I could have been communicating that stuff to you as it was coming up, which would have deflated all of this. Um, as far as the argument and whatnot, I think honestly, it's just because there's so much going on and all, all of us are really emotionally raw now. We have been for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And so I think some things we are, it happens and we're kind of analyzing, is this just stress? Is this, you know, the move? Is this, are you really, are you really this way? Like what, what's happening? And it, it's not just you and me, it's the kids too. But I think, I think us being apart is going to be a new challenge. We haven't done that before. Yeah. And so I think things coming up as red flags are all going to come up as big red flags right now because we've never done this. We've never had to be in separate states for anything more than a couple of days. Yeah. So, you know, it's... It's just scary, I think. It is. And, you know, that's one of the things I look at myself and go, how could this woman even like being married to you, dude? You're so stupid sometimes. Um, Trust me, I could have done way worse and I proved it before I dated you. That doesn't necessarily make me feel good that you could have done way worse. I did do way worse. Well, yeah, you did. <laughs> um, and, you know, by all accounts, there were some that I did too. But mm -hmm. that being said... I need those times to, to take a step back because I'm a, this sounds weird to say it, but it's in one of those personality profiles that you study. It's like, I'm a, I'm a future thinking person. And you look at some of these things and I've even talked about it on the podcast. These can be little habits that you say, Hey, if this progresses, if it goes farther than this and it stays consistent, this is going to be the new us. And that time that time, that, the, and it, it kind of sucks that it has to be centered around like a sexual encounter that we didn't have or communicate about. But that is one of the things that I hold most sacred about our relationship in the communication thereof mm -hmm. and the connection thereof. And so maybe it just got me worried there for a minute because I did think to myself, just being as open as possible, it's like, is she punishing me because of this situation? Is she withholding herself from me? Is this, is this a thing now? Because I don't like it if it is. And 
as I always do, I try to go back and look and say, well, what did you do to contribute to this situation? And I, I've kind of determined that it's as crazy as the things were that kind of came together. It was a one-off situation. And am I happy it happen- that it happened? A little more now since we're past it because it's brought us to this place where we can start to reframe this conversation. You're exposing your heart to me now saying because I'm, I'm, you're feeling less than because you're not going to be officially um, contributing to the finances physically. I hate that you feel that way. I'm sorry. Honey, I truly am. I'm sorry about that. And it'll take a little bit of time for you to get your feet settled in Texas. And then if we, if you want to, um, when I'm there full time and, you know, whatever, or we can get with the girls and see how we can support that so that you can go out and make some money to contribute, then let's do that. We'll see. I think that's, that was why I said for the first six months, don't put that burden on yourself. Because we still, we have the money in savings that we made and that's what's going to get us through that's still money you made in that savings pot you understand that mm-hmm. good because i you need to know that um so that is still there so we're going to be living on the money you contributed anyway for a year and that was the idea is that I wanted to give us a year to figure our life out and see what that looks like. We have some other opportunities that have been presented to us. Whatever becomes of this new opportunity, that's money that you're going to be contributing because that's us. It's us. So I'm not trying to talk you off the ledge and say you shouldn't feel that way. I understand feeling that way. I understand you feeling that way. Um, and if I was staying at home and not contributing, you know, money, I might feel the same way too. So I don't, I'm not faulting you or saying that those are foolish feelings, but now I want to know what can I do to help you not feel that way? I don't even know if there's anything I can do. I don't know that there is either. I think it's just going to take time. Well, whatever the time takes, when you get when you start feeling insecure about that or whatever emotions there are, we should probably talk about it so that it doesn't build up on you. Fair. And you know, obviously, we're eventually going to have to. We've we're talking about money on this podcast and the, you know, evolution of our relationship, but at some point we're really going to have to get, you know, digging deep for what it looks like so so that we're getting closer to being on the same page I don't know that we'll ever have the same mindset about money because I'm just completely I'm just different than you are um, I've told you I want to be more like you when it comes to money to spend in the moment and enjoy it but there's always going to be that side of me that delays the the gratification to make sure that my family is taken care of um because y'all are what i live for and being able to provide that you know those things for all of you the girls they're about to go you know i know that's another scary subject but they're about to go make their way and make their money and get their education and start their families over the next 10 years
So my priority goes to the four of us, namely you and our precious two, and being able to facilitate the life we want, which is let's go see the Rangers, let's go see the Stars. If Hunter wants to go watch the Mavericks, um, if we want to watch the Cowboys or when, you know the Raiders come to town or whatever that looks like let's go watch Alabama destroy a few teams heck let's go up to Arkansas and watch them play in Fayetteville which is something I've wanted to do I want to go see Arkansas play those are things that I you know when when I retire I look forward to the opportunity for us to travel around and say okay for the next two years Hunter the four of us are going to go make our way to every single baseball park there is we are going to take a picture, even though you hate the Yankees, with deep passion. We didn't make it to their old stadium, but we're going to go check out their new stadium. And hopefully we can watch them play the Dodgers. That would be epic. So those are the things I look for. And th- this we're getting way off the path here. Um, but the, it's important for us to take a look and for the listeners to hear. Like, this is real... And this is raw, in-the-moment discussion. If it was a video, you could see emotions that may not, being, may not be being conveyed on the microphone. This is a raw discussion that is hard to have. It is hard to talk about trust. It's hard to talk about, you know, whether it's resenting me or resenting yourself or whatever it is that you're not going to be contributing financially whatever that is it's not easy to talk about and we're doing it on a freaking microphone for thousands of people to listen to you're welcome i really i really agree with that thank you for doing it you know i didn't know how much we were going to expose i screwed up the last recording this is take two (laughs) because of the because of the microphone situation this is take two so i I didn't even know if I really wanted to do this episode, but we did it. And we know now that even though your relationship has this tremendous evolution to it, you can still repeat old habits. You can still repeat. Things can look familiar. And I think it's important to say, hey, is this, I hate using the word systemic because it's so overused right now. Is this something that's happening consistently. There's that dry mouth coming back. Um, in our relationship, or is it a one-off and it's just familiar and you're afraid of that familiar because it hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I was because those, those times hurt really bad, just specifically around not communicating about our connection. Those are painful to me. And it's like, come on, guys, you're better than this. What are we doing? We have non-negotiables that we negotiated on, and that's not okay. No matter how upset we are, we're supposed to say goodnight. We're supposed to kiss. That's what we're supposed to do. I didn't do it. You didn't do it. And then we just kept on going, like ignoring our own rules for our relationship. And I say rules, it sounds kind of dumb, but our, we kept stepping over our non-negotiables to ensure that our relationship stays strong. It's a really bad time to do that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's not like there's a great time to ever do it, but while we're on the verge of moving. Everything's an upheaval. 
everything is sensitive anyway. So, you know, we have some other things out on the table now that we're talking about, things that we need to make sure, like you and I really, this is not even microphone talk now. This is me just really sharing my heart with you that we just really need to make sure that when these feelings surface, we got to throw we got to throw the words out there to say, "Hey, I'm struggling here." And if I know that, I know I can act on it unless I choose not to. Effectively, we did punish each other. We did. Mm-hmm. And we're so much freaking better than that. Our relationship is worth so much more than that. It's not that it was petty, but we chose to punish each other, and we haven't done that in a long time. So, earnestly, I'm sorry for that. Me too. And I don't want to do it again. I don't. I want to make sure that the priority, the needs, the things that we set up to get our relationship to this point, I want to continue to follow through on those. I don't want to punish your heart. It's it's nothing that I ever want to do. So I love you. Love you too. Thank you. And I love you more. Shut up. You didn't deny it. You did say the F word on this podcast. You told me in the very beginning to say the F word. You're just buying your time or what? Yeah. Maybe. You could get naked and say the F word, which is pretty sexy. And he is Quincy Moran. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's got to be the bell. Okay. That, um... I'll be interested to go back and listen to this to see what it uh, kind of sounds like because we went a lot farther into discussing some details than I thought we would, but um, I hope it helps. I know it can help you, the listener. So thank you for listening. That is my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. I'm Quincy Moran, and this is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.